Subscribe to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Two working stiffs that love comics, movies, games, and more bring their nerd conversation and observations to you. You're listening to Coach and K-Rock's NerdPod, where they give you their opinion on whatever they want. Hey, don't complain. You're listening to their show. Coach, K-Rock, take it away. Hey, Happy New Year, everybody. What's going on, Coach? Happy New Year. Things are good. Election season's over. And I'm glad to say election season's over. Uh, football season for my New York Giants is over. So uh, there's absolutely no reason on the planet that we cannot record a show. Uh, it's been way too long. Way too long. Yeah, I know. A lot of stuff happened. We had the holidays. I was traveling. You were traveling. And I was doing a lot of meetings um, for job stuff. Yeah. So, so adulting, which sucks. But here we are. We're back in time to say Happy New Year and welcome to 2019 with the Nerd Pod Boys here. Um, yeah, man, how you been? Yeah, it's uh, I'm good, man, and uh, I'm really excited. So it's uh, we came up with this concept of sort of uh, recapping 2018, which you know in some cases I think was a, a foundational building year. But I also feel like uh, be glad to see it go. Uh, and and happy to bring in uh, 2019. But what I will say is, in the in the age in the golden age of content, I think it's important that uh, the first show of each year that we do, we sort of uh, pick out the best of what we thought was the best uh, in you know nerd culture, pop culture, and uh, you know, I think we'll we'll share these on uh, social media as well, right? Mm-hmm. We'll uh, uh, we'll put our winners out. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm excited to do this show. I'm excited to get the year. started. Started. This is episode number 20, uh, which actually is mind-blowing, right? Yeah, I know, and, uh, 20 episodes uh, in. I know that's, you know, compared to some other podcasts, not a lot, but for, believe me, for us, it's a lot. <laughs> so, it really is. It's, so, um, uh, and, and what a way to bring in the new year, right? Like with uh, uh, sort of uh, recapping and talking about uh, uh, some of the best performances in, in films of the year. So mm-hmm. just a quick uh, sort of week in geek, not that, uh, but, but. What I learned in 2018, and I'm learning it this week, is that movies don't necessarily need to be good to make money. I think, um, you know, if you make a, a, a television show or a movie about a superhero, you're gonna make you're gonna be profitable yeah. and you're gonna make money. Um, make all the money. You know, clearly the. <laughs> Uh, all the money and and so sons of anarchy underwater um which actually surprisingly did get uh the oscar snub um you know no special effects nod for um aquaman Mm -hmm. which you know i guess uh they they had to do special effects on all the hair because hair looks different underwater yeah so uh you know to make it stay still i guess that was um you know a time consuming and and and, uh cost a lot of money and uh so so no recognition for james wan there um and listen the premise of the movie I, i feel like we've seen this movie 50 times before um you know, it reminds me of, uh, you know, obviously we're bringing in some uh, external um, things, right? We're like um, some mythology, Greek mythology in there mixed in. So that's interesting. And, 
you know, but it, it, it's, you know, is this not Clash of the Titans? It's not, it, that's what it feels like to me. Gotcha. And, and so, uh, yeah, doesn't need to be a good movie to be to make money. Absolutely. Uh, that's what I learned in 2018. I think, and, and that's a good segue, and if you all remember, Coach and I, we went and ranked uh, what we predicted for basically the last few months of 2018, what Rotten Tomato scores would look like, right? So we have a list out there, um, and... We have the results here. Um, I'd love to go through oh, nice. them. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it before we head in. That's cool. great. So the first movie up was Venom. Um, again, that goes right to the point you were just making. But we we, we both kind of caught that. We were saying, you know, somewhere, you know, un, under 50. It actually came in around the, the score is 28. And we were saying like mid-30s. So pretty yeah. on point there. Yeah. Basically, I'm giving us credit if we were within 10 points. Okay. No, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Fair. The next one up was one that I have to admit I didn't see. It was First Man, which is Ryan Gosling's movie about you know traveling to the moon, uh, Neil Armstrong story. Uh, looks amazing. I didn't get a chance to see it, but oh, I, you know it's going to be out. If it's not out already, I'm going to be grabbing it on iTunes to watch. We both said it was going to be 90. It scored 88. So we're right on there. We just didn't go see it, I don't think. You didn't see it, did you? I didn't see it. No, I, <laughs> so we, I think nope, we should. I think we owe it to ourselves. We were spot on in that movie. Um, the next one was Halloween, which right. came in at 79. Um, we said it would be mid-70s, so we were right on in that one as well. So we felt good there. Yeah. Um, and I love that. It just came out on iTunes as well. And, man, I've, just been, I've watched it twice already. I love that flick. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody. So... This is one that's it's funny because we both scored it really high, but it came in at 62. Yeah. And if you remember going back to the episodes last year, some of the concerns you and I were having were, uh, you know, it looks like more of a, a vanilla kind of a biopic, which when you watched it really was. But it doesn't take away from the performances. So I think this score from Rotten Tomatoes, like the, the cu- cu- uh, cumulative score from the, the critics is a little low. It's a little harsh, in my opinion. I think it's better than they're giving it credit for. Yeah, I think it needed to be a little hard, harder hitting, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that um, they they very conveniently wrapped a bunch of things up into one day, and mm-hmm. they, you know, there were things that that you can see are clearly affecting that score. I will say that you had. Um, you you had your res more reservations than than me and and so and I think the origins of that came from uh, watching uh, Mr. Robot for me. So I saw Rami Malek in Mr. Robot in season one on USA as it was coming out. I don't generally watch shows like that, especially and, and but uh, I I liked him um, and and I thought you know I I'm, I've always been a Christian Slater guy, so it looked like it was it was going to be good. So I watched it. And his performance was just incredible. So yeah. when I saw that he was Freddie, I'm like, this is perfect. Especially based on who they, you know, they had Sasha Baron Cohen in that role beforehand. So uh, I was so geared up and excited about Rami being Freddie that I probably overlooked a lot of the things that you picked up in that trailer. Uh, so, uh, you know, credit to you to to, to uh, being weary on the, uh, you know, seeing where the pitfalls came. Still amazing performance by the entire cast. Um, yeah. You know, the cameo, but Mike Myers, the you know, all in all, it certainly worked, and I'm I'm waiting for that to come out on uh, on uh, digital as well. Yeah, it comes out later this month, and I'm I'm super excited to watch it again. There were so many little things in it, um, 
Next up, The Grinch. Uh, Scott Mosier directed this, and obviously we have a soft spot for him, um, you know, coming from the Eskewers background. Yep, for sure. So yep. we were kind of all over the spot on this one. We, I, I wasn't too sure, and I don't think you were too sure how this is going to come out, like people are going to receive it. I mean, I, I put it in the mid-60s. You put it in the mid-20s. It actually came in yeah. higher 50s, so we were, we were pretty far off on this one. I haven't seen it. It just doesn't. It still doesn't grab me at all as as a, a Christmas style movie, right? And I'm into that stuff. I like watching holiday movies. It's fun, but for me, I I'll have to wait till next year. I'm sure it'll be out on you know something that will you know HBO or Netflix or something. So I don't know. Somebody will pick it up, and yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think that the release date was a little um, early on this. I thought they should have waited a couple of weekends. They were up against, you know, Wreck It Ralph uh, two. They were up against. They they placed themselves pretty poorly. Yeah. And you know, here's what here's here's the problem when you have old property that's coming up for. Um, um, you know what is it that the uh, the rights are coming up where anybody can use it and anybody can write it. You know that shared um, mm-hmm. and you know the one that that uh, Disney has been fighting on on Mickey Mouse. Sure, the copyright that, you know, uh, laws um, that were pu- copyright. Yeah, nineteen ninety eight. They yeah, they exactly. extended them by twenty years. Uh, basically, all the old copyrights. Mickey Mouse is a perfect example, and that one's up in two. 2021, I think, where Mickey Mouse all of a sudden is public domain, which to me is mind-blowing. There's no way that can happen. Grinch is the same thing, right? Dr. Seuss. Yeah, so... Yep, exactly right. And so um, I think uh, maybe there's a deal that I don't know about that they have to, like a Spider-Man type deal where they have to make one of these movies every five years or something. It just seems like we do this too frequently. And, and um, you know, Cumberbatch did one recently. Um you know, and then Jim Carrey before that, like, did we really need this, right? And, um, or was Cumberbatch in this one? I don't know. Like, it just seems like they, it, it was overloaded. Like, we don't need that this many of these. And so, as much as I love Scotty Moe, and I, it made money because of, of its timing. Um, you know, I squit, that's why I scored it so low. You were within, what, five to seven points. So, you know, again, hats off. But, um, you know, I, I, it, it may not even be on my radar. I'll watch, like, Nicholas Claus before I'll watch this part. <laughs> so. uh, next up, Fantastic Beasts 2, The Crimes of Grindelwald. We were way off on this one. I, we were giving it more hope than I think most critics gave it. Yeah, I said eighty. You said sixty-five. It came in at thirty-eight. I mean, it, it, I heard from other people, friends of mine that saw it, said it was really good. Again, critics can be overly harsh, especially to sequels like this. But I don't know, man. Um, that's really low. <laughs> Very low. Yeah, so I think uh, here's what I think. I think that the you know Johnny Depp did himself no favors at Comic Con yep. coming on the stage after uh, Amber Heard, his ex, that he you know hashtag Me Too, um, you know uh, was accused of um, of beating, hitting her or whatever, and then comes on the stage and does this weird thing, and I think that that score is a direct reflection direct reflection of johnny depp's uh Mm. nonsense at comic-con and the fact that that sort of looms over that movie and you know that's i loved harry potter man i love the harry potter books it it grew with my children especially my daughter um you know when she was young they were young she grew with them in the series we saw the movies um but the you know the mm-hmm. hopes of Dingle Dong and the, you know how many more <laughs> of these things like it, it, it's it's crazy and that they'll keep doing this because it's a, a a money grab like that's what I see in this so I was never really that hopeful um 
you know, I, I, I don't, I didn't love the lead actor. I didn't, I just, um, so, but I, I, so I think that that's why it got the score it got. Mm-hmm. I gave it because it's, it's Harry Potter. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're going down in March to go, to go to Harry Potter world at Universal. So, uh, I'm as excited as anybody, but I, I hope this is like, uh, a message to to Warner Brothers and to, uh, to 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 them to say like you know let's not go with the you know we don't need to know the origins of the Pufflepuffs and the like it's just sometimes too much is too much exactly you know? and we in that they should be learning a lesson from Star Wars right now right a hundred percent a hundred percent now I'm hoping we dig into that next episode as to you know what's going on and have they you know they lick in their wounds and are they learning their lessons because mm-hmm. I hope they are certainly hope they are next up Creed 2 another one I didn't see but I, I'm, I, I'm shame on me for not going I'm dying to see it we both scored it within the ballpark it came in at 83 we were around 70 so um, not bad there uh, did you check that out by any chance no we did good. I haven't seen. I have not seen it yet. Um, you know, my hesitation on this film, um, you know, being twenty points off, was um, you know obviously just running down that old sequel bit. But much like Cobra Kai, they they from what I understand, they took Drago's story and put a little twist in it um, and sort of humanized that character a little bit more. So I'm really excited to see it. Feels like uh, they kept Ryan Coogler on enough to make this make sense, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's exciting. And you know, it's going to be a trilogy. I'm sure of it. Uh, and you know, if it stays with these scores, I, I'd be happy. And then who knows? That 20 years from now, um, you know, we may be seeing, uh, you know some version of uh, Creed's son coming in. So that could be cool. Ralph Breaks the Internet. We were spot on on this one. It came at 88. I said 85. You said 91. Right in there. Um, I think this was the, this was the monster of the, that holiday, right? That, that early holiday right around Thanksgiving. Of course. Um, Great movie. I mean, who doesn't love Wreck-It Ralph? I mean, it's just an awesome, awesome movie. And it looks like they continued. I didn't get a chance to see this one either, unfortunately. But um, it's yeah, it's it knows what it does yeah, we, well, and it it just does it. Yeah, it just hits on all cylinders, mm-hmm. and that's in. So I think you know, with this season, uh, the way that it was is that you know we were so so busy that uh, we missed a lot of these, and now we're gonna have to catch up. But um, you know, same thing with Spider Man into the Spider Verse. I mean. This is, you know, uh, arguably at this point one of the best films of the year, and neither of us has seen it. So, um, you know, this may even change uh, our prediction or you know what's going on today uh, as we're ranking these for the year. So, uh, you know, we're gonna have to go with what we have and maybe make some changes and caveats, uh, add some caveats later. But uh, you know, into the Spider Verse, we got a ninety-seven. I think it might even be higher than that at this point. Um, you know, you said 90, I said 75. You were certainly closer, and people are really loving it. So, um, yeah, it's exciting, man. I mean, they're figuring this out. That, that, into the Spider Verse. I remember when we first saw the trailers, uh, how just visually capturing that movie. I mean, it was, they had figured out how to make a, an animated movie look different than what we're used to. I mean, you have your Pixar thing, you have the terrible, terrible, whatever you call it. Like the um, what's what's the one called with like Robin, like the kid Robin and all the Teen Titans, right? And how yes, terrible yes. that those that just two D animation, animation straight looks. away. It, it's yeah. so cheap, and then you throw into you know Spider Verse in there, and it's just creativity wins out. And I was so happy when I saw that 
you know, and I can't wait to see it. And the last one I want to mention, and I was high in this, just it is again based off the trailers, and it came out to, and it just, it proved me right was Bumblebee, the Transformers movie. Um, it was the Transformers movie we always wanted. It's finally here. It's it's the retro looking, the ones we grew up with as toys, Transformers, uh, and all the reviews are in, and it scored a ninety three. I mean, come on, that's better than any of the Michael Bay ones. His were just for me garbage. I couldn't watch them. They were like watching yeah. a Camaro commercial. Yep, it really was. And uh, I was off on this. I thought um, they were reaching, trying to make some money back. And, um, you know, it sounds like they went to the right time period, like 80s, 90s, mm-hmm. uh, or late 80s. And, and um, so I'm excited to get out and after this one. And, uh, you know, hopefully this is going to bring a whole new uh, a whole new world into this. And, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully maybe someday they'll do this with G.I. Joe as well, where, you know, they'll actually be able to capture some of this um yeah, which will be great. So yeah, capture um, what made it good when we were kids. What, what that's right. drove our imaginations to play with, like uh, GI Joe, He Man, all those you know, things. It it's just they hit it right. Everything looked correct, and that was important. Um, and I th- this yeah, is one is. of those rare examples where you know doing a reboot is it works because <laughs> the originals were crap, <laughs> just horrible, right? <laughs> Um, cool. Shia LaBeouf and Marky Mark. I mean, I don't know where you go from there. And so they seem to, yeah, it was great. So, yeah, man, that was fun. We'll do it to do that again. We'll think about, uh, the next few months and we'll, we'll come up with some scores for the next show and, and we'll, we'll see what happens. That was cool. Um, yeah, great. I like it. So let's talk cool. about so, our, uh, 2018, man. Um, what we thought, what was our favorite things? Yeah, so it was good. Uh, I'm glad that we took some time to do this. Uh, I think that, you know, obviously we kicked around and and we even talked about this leading right up into the show is that, uh, you know, we love this show. We do share some uh, things as hosts of the show, things that we both enjoy together. But certainly there are other things that we enjoy separately, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, whereas I'm not so much into the gaming. uh, You're not so much into the into the comics, although we both sort of cross over into those worlds. So I think we made uh, our recommendations here based on, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if somebody was more passionate about it or felt strongly about it, you know, we, we base this on uh, not commercial success, but what we saw and heard and felt as we were watching these things. So, so let's do uh, it. So without let's... any further further ado, right? Let's uh, get into our uh, our of the years for 2018, the... and we'll start with uh, we'll start with you, mm-hmm. and we'll start with video game or game of the year. So the Nerd Pod Game of the Year for me, and I played a lot of games this year. Like tried a lot of the different ones, and. I think I'll start with a couple of the, the honorable mentions. You know, I'm a PlayStation person, so um, the first two games, and first off, let's say it's Spider-Man on PlayStation. Uh, so much fun to play as Spider-Man, and it was an interesting story. I mean, there's still new content that's that's being released on it, uh, the downloadable content, and I'm just about done with that. And easy to play, easy to get into the world and just travel all around Manhattan. And that's cool. So detailed. A lot of fun. Uh, The next up, which I thought was going to be my game of the year for me, was Game of War. And I maintained that all the way basically till when I had to start and think about it uh, when we were putting this list together, was God of War. 
this game was beautiful. The sceneries, the sounds, the way you interacted with the controller, everything was just fluid and beautiful. Um, the voice acting, it was just hit on every point. Very linear story. Um, not It's an open world, but not an open world in the sense like Spider-Man was, where you can explore every nook and cranny. It does have you tied more or less to a train track as you're traveling around the world. Um, great game. But the game of the year for me, and this one, this was tough because I love those other two. It was Red Dead Redemption 2. This thing just took me by surprise. I wasn't even sure if I was going to get it. I mean, I didn't put in the pre-order till the day before it came out. This, you know, just goes to show you. It's like, I'm going to buy this, so I might as well put it in today so I can get the free little spiff that you get, right, for putting in the order early. Um, yeah, yeah. I started playing this thing, and I could not put it down. It became almost like an obsession to me. This was a wide-open world. Mid like that Western style, eighteen ninety nine is the year it takes place, and the characters, the story, the side stories, everyone you interact with, it's like you're interacting with a real person. Um, this thing, this game, set the bar so high. It's better than probably most of the movies I've seen in the last five years. Easy, not even a question. It's gorgeous. If you haven't played it, play it. It it is just amazing. The main character, Arthur, his name is Arthur Morgan. He's gonna be um, he's the best character of video games this year. Period. They've already you know best voice acting, everything about it. You just gotta go play it, man. It's so much fun. It's like an old style western. Um, I don't know what else to say other than. I'm still into it. I'm in my second playthrough of it. It's got over a hundred hours of gameplay. <laughs> so wow. yeah. Um, that's great. So very cool. All right. So our winner is uh, Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption two. 2. Awesome. Fantastic. So um I'm gonna move on move us on here to um sort of comic graphic novel of the year. And that's like a non Marvel category. <coughs> Excuse me. And I, I am um I am cheating here a little bit because the origin that, you know, the, the first, the first book or two in this series came out in 2017, but the lion's share, the majority of this and the conclusion came out in 2018. It's something that I've talked about here. Uh, or actually I'll give you my, my, uh, my honorable mention first is a book called, uh, Inside Mobius by Dark Horse, um, I'm not a big DC or Dark Horse guy, um, but this is a storyline that uh, I don't want to give any part of it away, but um, if you want to be a captivated page turner, something mm-hmm. with amazing art and great storytelling, grab uh, Inside Mobius by uh, Dark Horse Comics. I was able to, I traveled down to, uh, out to Wisconsin recently, and that was my, uh, my in-flight material there and back in the same day. And uh, it was well worth it, very good. But it doesn't, nothing comes close in the last 10 years for me on graphic novels like uh, Kill or Be Killed, uh, which is going to be the nerd pod uh, comic slash graphic novel non Marvel category of the year um, by Ed Brubaker. Um, just, uh, I, I've spoken about it here before. Um, the storytelling, the um, it's non-linear. It's um, it, it, it strong female characters, strong developmental characters, strong um, 
you know, the, the book is going to continue, um, but shocking ending, just everything that you would ever want out of uh, five series, uh, or, you know, five uh, individual books, and uh, just incredible. So cool. Winner, winner, chicken dinner is kill or be killed for sure. Awesome. So, all right, moving on to, oh, okay, yeah, right, and I'll. Uh, so we reached out to our friends is another thing that we talk about pretty frequently is, um, you know, our relationship and our friendship with um, the guys over at the M6P. Um, and I believe their, their website is the M6P.com. We actually tapped them to, uh, to, to tell us about the actual Marvel category here for Comic of the Year. This is something that I did read Um and uh, these guys said start with number one, obviously, which I agree. They named number one of this series the actual comic book of the year for Marvel uh, and actually for any series. Uh, but it's uh, the winner here clearly is uh, Rogue and Gambit series. Um, spoiler alerts, Rogue and Gambit get married. Um, it's a full series. All came out in 2018. Get on it. Get on it. Um, mm. Yeah. So, um, and, and also get on the graphic novel subscription package over at the m6p.com. Those guys are great. They have their own podcast, um, you know, Marvel through and through, um, you know, they can talk about the movies, but they're, they're, they're bread and butter. Their wheelhouse is the comics. So, um, always, always give them plugs when we can. Um, I have my subscription box, just got like an essential Thor book. That's worth like 50, $50 in itself. And, um, the subscription is like, I think $33 a quarter order and you get just an insane amount of graphic novels so go check them out uh big sponsor of our show friends of the show check them out because they're good stuff so uh rogan gambit series winner of marvel comic of the year nice good call um so podcast series of the year i mean besides nerd pod of course right (laughs) well that's Um, the the obvious winner (laughs) um, uh what I think I'll start with an honorable mention. I'll let you do the the, the winner for us. <clears throat> is um, for it was Marvel's Wolverine last night is the honorable mention. It, this if you haven't listened to it, it's a scripted drama, extremely well done, uh, almost like listening to a movie. And, and I've always loved the idea of like the old fashioned radio show, right? Um, this starred Richard Armitage as Wolverine, and he's a terrific actor anyway. Um, but really, the, the synopsis is it follows a couple FBI agents who are investigating a, a basically a, a massacre in this fishing town up in Alaska, and obviously Wolverine's in this as well. So listen to it. it they just, uh, if not released, are about to release the second season of it, uh, but definitely awesome, awesome show. What do yeah, you have for I, I caught it. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Um, at first, it started off on Stitcher, um, which yep. you can find this podcast, our podcast, on Stitcher. Um, the, and uh, uh, it was on premium. You could only get it by subscribing and paying $20. And then you actually told me that it had become available on um, on all channels. So I jumped on it, and I thought they did an incredible job. So, um, yeah, I think uh, go out and check that out as soon as you can. Um, my honorable mention is, um, actually is no, do we have, that's just our winner, right? Yeah. That's what we yeah, have or, yeah, we do. Okay. So, so, um, for those Smallville fans out there, um, that watch that show in its popularity, my wife and I did, um, watch all of it. Um, 
the uh, actress who played Chloe, who was essentially Clark's right-hand woman, um, well, her, the, the actress's name was Allison Mack, and, um, you know, she was pretty good in the show, was arrested this year on, um, on charges of running a sex cult. And which is crazy. They arrested her in uh, in Mexico, I believe, and it just started us down this path of learning about uh, this cult called Nexium. Um, sounds very Scientology mixed with business, mixed with, um, and so the um, the Canadian broadcasting company uh, did an exploratory investigative journalism piece. I think it's eight or nine episodes where somebody broke free out of Nexium uh, and spoke out. Now, if you have not listened to this, it's really, truly incredible. Um, it ties in the heiresses from the Seagram's fortune. Uh, it ties in uh, so many things and so many moving parts. Um, but this Keith Ranieri, who is the uh, the cult leader, uh, is also, you know, he's locked up now. Uh, he's going to be facing his charges, his trial soon. But this is a real deep dive into, you know, the harem that they created and the sex cult. And it's uh, it's an incredible listen. I you know I turned uh, K-Rock onto it, um, mm-hmm. you know, right away, and it's just compelling. It's it's. Uh, I, I remember very. It's not very often where a podcast will take me where I'll, I'll not shut it off in my car and then go about with my day. Like I need to keep listening to it. Inside Nexium was one where I brought it in, paired it with my Alexa, and kept kept listening. You know, as I was answering emails at work in the morning. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was awesome. I, I love that one. It was so interesting and gripping to listen to. I couldn't stop either. Um, which brings us to the next one is the podcast episode of the year. And I know you have uh, an honorable mention here we'd like to get to. So, um, you know, the episode of the year, uh, I could have picked many from um, the Joe Rogan experience. Um, you know, I think that over over years or over the years, um, we have our sort of heir apparent um, interviewer, right, of, of the interviewer of the most compelling people. And I think that, mm-hmm. you know, it may have been Barbara Walters at one point, and it may have been Howard Stern at one point, it may have been um, Diane Pauly at points, where you just, it's the person that you go to to listen to a compelling, uh, an interesting interview uh, about uh, the people that are in uh, in our faces right now, and uh, you know, sort of the guy now, the guy and the show is the Joe Rogan Experience uh, podcast. Um, just to put it into perspective, he gets thirty million downloads a month um, wow. between all the, the streaming channels. So thirty million a month. He's you know, obviously uh, the guy, and so with that, he did many incredible episodes this year, um, including. David Goggins and Roseanne Barr and just so many compelling interviews for the year. But what stood out to me the most was um, Elon Musk, who mm, uh, talked about so many things and his his passion and love for the movie Spaceballs, which is why he created, uh, which is why the Boring Company uh, created the flamethrower. Um, he <laughs> talked about the tunnel systems that he's uh, building. He's talking about Tesla. He's talking about SpaceX. He's talking so. Uh, uh, you know, here's somebody 
um, given the current uh, political climate that we're under, we say, um, how do we not have someone like Elon Musk leading the charge? Um, and, and he's going to change the way that we are. He may colonize Mars. He may create a tunnel system that gets us from New York to Los Angeles in an hour. And uh, these are the things that he's working on. He goes in depth in this podcast. So well worth the two and a half or three hours. I think he even smokes a little pot, has some whiskey, uh, lets his guard down a little bit. So Joe Rogan does it like only Rogan can do in getting uh, the best out of him as as anybody could. And Mm -hmm. so with that, yeah, I would say that would be my episode of the year runner up, but not to be not to be outdone by our winner, which I will let you introduce. Yeah, and I know you'll have a, some part to say about this, but the Fat Man Beyond episode 237, which was the farewell to Stan Lee, um, it was. I listened to it when, right after Stan died. They, you know, Kevin Smith and Mark Bernard went and did their show, and it was just such an incredibly heartfelt tribute to Stan Lee. Uh, it was touching. It was sad, funny, very inspiring for me uh, in terms of the way. They were speaking of Stan. He just was an. See, uh, obviously, Stan Lee, he's, a, he's immortal now, but he was also a normal human being at the same time. Very uh, self deprecating. He was funny. He was quick witted. All those things. And I know you did a whole episode on Stan after he passed away for NerdPod as well. So for me, that one was just emotionally the, the one for me that I just loved the most. Because there wasn't any out there that were that good in terms of no. um, honoring Stan. So that was my yeah, episode I, of the I, year. I couldn't uh, agree with you more. Um, I would have definitely said that Elon Musk, uh, you know, had this not come in, in mind, and I'm glad that you brought it up because, you know, I put it on its own whole other category, right? I mean, this human I stand, it it talked about uh, his wife. It talked about, um, you know, it it didn't talk about any of the negative, which, you know, unfortunately I did focus on in in our version of a a tribute or saying goodbye. Um, You know, Kevin talked about stories and, and the best part of what Kevin and Mark did was he allowed everybody to tell their stories from the floor and they used their platform to let people express themselves and talk about the experiences that they've had because Stan was so accessible. I mean, he would draw things for people. He would, uh, he was just incredible. And, and so, uh, I think you summed it up really nicely. That was clearly the episode of the year. He is immortal. And, um, I think I tweeted at the time, um, after listening to that episode, we now see why Mark Bernardin is our is our voice and Kevin Smith is our king. And they mm-hmm. did it so incredibly and hats off to those guys who clearly uh, had the passion, heart and love and all that in it. So it was yeah, uh, great stuff. Great stuff. So. All right. Cool. And uh, so moving on, we. Um, you know, we, we talk about binging all the time. We talk about the shows that we get engaged with. And um, nothing uh, stood out this year more than some of the TV shows that came out. And, mm-hmm. you know, I constantly call this the golden age of content. Um, but the binge watch of the year, which I guess would be show of the year, I, I, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I'll let you start. Well, actually, I'll start in, say, okay. in saying that um, I, on many occasions... Uh, on this show said that Lost in Space, you know, the, the rebooted Lost in Space was an incredible um, feat in um, in television by Netflix. I thought it flew under the radar. It does have great Rotten Tomatoes score, but it was a truly female-led cast 
but not uh, where men were not present. There were men there that were uh, that did a fantastic job. They themselves, it, it, it was a female-led cast without taking anything away from the male characters, without um, dehumanizing them, without uh, demasculating them. They were, it, it, but but it was clear that the the females were the strength and led this cast with a great supporting male actor group. So I will say my runner up for sure is uh, lost in space on Netflix. If you haven't gone out season two is coming out this year, really exciting, really great characters, really great, uh, you know, just uh, everything. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I know that I've talked about it many times on this, but that's my runner up of the year. What do you have? I have for again, another runner up for me. And again, Netflix is just crushing content. Uh, The Haunting of Hill House. Um, That was basically a haunted house style TV show. For me, it was the perfect mix of thrill, suspense. They had the hidden ghosts of those Easter eggs all throughout that you're looking for. And plenty of freaky, scary jumps throughout the show. And I love that. Um, absolutely binge-worthy. It's rewatchable because once you get to the end, there are so many layers and the story is interwoven so beautifully with the different family members that we're focused on uh, that yeah. the meanings change. So if you go back and watch it, the haunting changes. Uh, it's it's really well done. Um, so it's another it's a show I'll have to rewatch again and maybe even another time. It's almost like a Breaking Bad show to me where you can watch that show over and over and each time it changes a little bit because you just pick something else out by the end of it and then you go back and watch it again. So Haunting Hill House is fantastic. I loved it. But not to be outdone, I'll let you take this one. The winner. Yeah, so the winner, um, and I think everybody that listens to this show knows <laughs> where we're going to go here. Um, you know, uh, for every Hawaii Five-0, for every Magnum P.I., for every uh, Charlie's Angels reboot, for everything that gets rebooted in the world, uh, it seems like this has has righted written, written, has fixed the wrong, right? (laughs) Righted the ship. Um, Right, righted the ship, right? And, um, uh, you know, our winner, clearly, for Binge of the Year was Cobra Kai. Oh, Um, man. I... I can't just say, I just can't say enough things. I What they did with the characters, with the storyline, with not sacrificing anything from the first three movies, which is what the origins uh, are based around, according to uh, William Zapka and Ralph Macchio. Um, the, yeah, so uh, uh, they, they didn't sacrifice. They only made it stronger. They only made watching those movies better, uh, stronger. Uh, you go back in looking at it with a different set of eyes. And if you can create a 10-episode television show that makes one of the greatest movies of your childhood and of all time better with understanding your protagonists and your antagonists better, understanding where they come from better. Um, I mean, hats off. Season two coming out May of this year on YouTube Red. Um, one of these days I am going to call that station Red Tube and it'll probably get us in trouble. But um, <laughs> it's YouTube Red. And um, yeah, incredible. Uh, that is clearly our winner. I'll actually let you weigh in on this, you know, ask you to weigh on this too, because I know you felt pretty strongly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it it was an easy call for both of us to say Cobra Kai. Um, You can just simply go back into our episode list and there's at least one or two episodes that are named that have a Cobra Kai reference in them. So we love the show. I loved the entire arc and you said it. I mean, I can't, 
restate what you've said enough is it, it, you go back and watch the original movies and it changes your view on a lot of things as far as the you know, protagonist versus the antagonist. We're seeing it from Johnny's point of view and like why you, you know what I mean? It's just you're right. You go back and, and he's not the guy we thought, right? He's not the silver right. spoon. And it doesn't. And he's actually right. down on his luck and karate was his thing. And, and I loved it. It, it. You're right. Going back, you watch it, it changes everything. And it, to me, it's. It, it, it didn't cheapen the lore. It wasn't like a cash grab. I mean, they put it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Right? You said it, man. You said it did not cheapen anything. It didn't. Sure, it changed the, the way that you might look at things. It, it added complexity to existing characters that were already pretty complex. And mm-hmm. so, cannot without, say enough. Without e- putting easy in plot holes of the original. Sometimes, That's right. Without again, creating. I'm going to pick on it again. Some, I think. Star Wars goes back and reinvents the lore, and all of a sudden, they rip open plot holes. That hasn't yep. happened here. Has not. And hopefully they continue down that path with, um, you know, the return spoiler of uh, Martin Cove as, um, you know, so so we're excited uh, certainly about that uh, that coming out this yep. year. And May, one thing so. we talk about a lot in this show, so the next category is trailers. We love it when trailers hit. Um, we like to talk about them. We like to imagine what's going to happen in the movie when it's here finally. So the next category is trailer of the year for us. Um, yep. And I think the uh, I'll let you take the honorable mention because um, I think it might surprise yes. some people so that it's in the yeah, honorable I mention. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, so I mean, I think nobody was more excited than, um, or or there was no bigger lead up than Infinity War um, mm-hmm. this year, which is our honorable mention for trailer of the year, and um, it, it aired during the Super Bowl. A Super Bowl, mind you, where uh, a Cloverfield movie came out um, right after, and which was interesting. And I, yeah, I can't say enough about that trailer and, and the suspense that, and we actually broke it down significantly the next day in playing it, you know, and uh, pausing it and playing it again. And also, this was a very difficult year to judge this because you know we had a Black Panther trailer, we had a uh, Bohemian Rhapsody trailer, we had a Wreck It Ralph trailer, we had a uh, a Solo trailer, we had a, a Ant Man trailer. I, 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 what a year for film in the golden age of content, um, which makes the 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 winner even more impressive um so yeah honorable mention infinity war avengers infinity war and i will turn it over to k-rock for the winner our winner is so i think when we were talking about this the reason why the winner who we picked is it was that shock value it was the things that 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 made you feel like you had to go to this movie infinity war certainly has all that but there was one trailer in particular that I talked about a lot, and I watched over and over again, and every time it had the same impact on me. It was the Halloween trailer, the new Halloween movie that came out in October. It was the perfect trailer. It never revealed too much about the plot. It framed it in a way that, for me as an audience member watching it, it freaked me out. The Asylum and that's all it took was the asylum piece where it showed Michael chained to the block in the courtyard yep. with all the other crazies around him and the interviewer there holding up the iconic Michael Myers mask. And yeah. to this day, when I watch that, that part gives me goosebumps and chills. I love it. And that was a scene that was so pivotal, important, pivotal and important to the movie for them to be able to put that in the trailer and not ruin the movie. 
is amazing. That's how good that movie is to me. So that, for me, is the reason why this one edged out Infinity War, which really is an amazing trailer, and we're seeing it with Endgame now. But Halloween yeah. was, for whatever reason, and it's I can watch the trailer again and get that same feeling that I had from day one. It was such a yeah. well-done trailer. Yeah, for sure. And you certainly... Um... Yeah, I mentioned it. You did a a, um, a review this year of the of the film, so uh, I'm really glad that you got that this year. And um, speaking of chills, um, you know there there was a, another piece of art that came out this year that we wanted to um, to mention, and uh, it goes into our category of song of the year. And what I'll say about song of the year is that uh, it's probably a category that we may not have even jumped into um, on this show. We don't get into a ton of music. Um, you know, I think we, we do have some common interest in music, but widely um, it's very, very different. Um, whereas you're more on the, uh, you know, rock and even folk side where I'm more on the, um, you know, sort of hip hop and reggae sort of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, fusion on that side. But uh, one piece of art stood out to both of us this year and uh, it, it came out with such a bang, literally and figuratively. Um, it's uh, so our winner of song of the year, which also flows into um, video of the year was uh, um, this is America by Childish Gambino. Um, a great catchy tune, but probably the most compelling uh, and controversial video that we'll uh, we'll see in quite some time. And mm-hmm. um, so important. If you haven't seen it, please go see it. And it, it yeah, I'll turn it over. You have feelings on this shotgun too. blast. It was just on the scene in a second, and it just changed everything. I, I listened to the song today, and it, it gave me chills. I mean, the video is perfect. You couldn't get any better. Um, yeah, that was an easy choice for both of us. Yeah, with no runner-up because nothing comes even close. And, yeah. you know, what, what I think adds to the lore is that people will ask him about different interpretations about the way that he's dancing or looking or, you know, some of the choices that he made in that video from some of how the actors look. And, and he refuses to comment on it. And, and he wants you to interpret the art uh, the way that that, uh, that you interpret it. He doesn't want you to... T- he doesn't want to tell you how you should feel. Uh, black or white or immigrant or, uh, or anything. Um, you interpret it how you are as an American, and I think that's what makes it uh, even more important is that he's not getting on his soapbox to say, well, this is why I chose to use a red cloth around the weapons, or this is what I meant when I said this is a celly, this is a tool, or this is why I posed in the Jim Crow pose, or he, he won't go into any of those things, and he'll allow you to draw your own conclusions, which makes it even better. So Absolutely. clearly, so easy, so easy. Uh, uh, this is America, Childish Gambino. Absolutely. So. And um, so I think that brings us to film of the year. So I think this is uh, pretty easy for this show, for the film of the year. Uh, right? I would say. Yeah. <laughs> we I spent a say. lot of uh, hours talking about this movie um, leading into it and then after it arrived. Uh, do you want to take it? 
Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty. It, again, I, I don't know that, that we need this much fanfare. The the film of the year for us is Infinity War. I mean, it's... Okay. it's um, Now, and, and listen, you can... We have not yet... You know, we've yet to see uh, Into the Spider-Verse, which could have been a very strong contender for this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a year where we were totally surprised by how good, um, you know, Deadpool 2 was and how good Ant-Man 2 was and how good Black Panther... I mean, Black Panther could very easily be up there. So, mm-hmm. so many honorable mentions you know solo did probably fall short of what our expectations might have been mm-hmm. and um you know and and who knows we'll never see aquaman probably unless we're on a flight and we have no choice um but uh i think um it it, it was amazing storytelling it's the culmination of 19 films in one man's brain um and the best directors probably in the world right now who are now venturing out to do other things um i hope that endgame follows suit here i hope it's it's nearly as good um but for a culmination to get all those stars in it's such an easy pick film of the year is infinity war absolutely i have nothing else to add and if you want to hear more takes on it you got to go download more of a nerd pod episodes yeah certainly <laughs> our history certainly so exactly exactly so i'm going to jump in um you know quickly before we jump into our final couple categories mm-hmm. um i i, I want to say that the uh, stand-up special of the year um that's an important one for me i mean i i um listen to a lot of podcasts i um you know humor in a time of political discourse is so very important and you know john oliver does a great job as does samantha b and uh, stephen colbert in um creating humor um around difficult situations but there's nothing more complicated than standing up uh in front of a group of people and uh and talking about what's going on without and especially in this time where everything is offensive to everybody and everybody's guard is up uh, one person who's my honorable mention does a better job of navigating that foothold uh, of of being able to attack controversial topics without being offensive um, and that performance this year goes back to somebody I was talking about earlier in the show, a uh, man that is more on top of his game than maybe he's ever been or will ever be, the host of Fear Factor, mm-hmm. the man from news radio, and the guy, the new um, you know interview legend star, Joe Rogan, Strange Times, mm-hmm. stand-up special of the year, honorable mention. Nice. Um, the next one, I will say, um, should be no surprise to anybody, um, man that we almost lost this year a man for uh this show would not exist without um much of the personality uh, the person who i am would not be who i am without this man it's kevin smith silent but deadly the night that we almost lost him the first show uh after this recorded he had a major heart attack um you know, on the widow maker, widow maker valve, which almost took him out. We're so glad that that didn't happen because we still need so much more out of him. Um, it's on Showtime. It's silent but deadly. Uh, it's great storytelling. He talks about his parents. He talks about his friends. He talks about success. He talks about um, you know the history in his films, and and uh, it, it really captures why we both love him mm-hmm. uh, so desperately, and why he really is my my entertainment idol, and why I call him king. So I don't know if you have anything to add. No, uh, great call. To either I mean, of those, but that was when he almost, you know, when he almost died, which he almost did. Um, 
that was a very catalyst moment for us, I think, is you know, in terms of us coming out with NerdPod. Um, and it, was, it, it was. it's amazing that the footage of the show, uh, which became Silent But Deadly, which is on Showtime, um, is really, it, he's basically got a bomb in his chest during that show. Yep. Um, and if he would have come out for the second show, probably wouldn't have him today, right? Because that was yep. supposed to be two shows yep. that night. So it was. It makes and... it even more special. It's just one of those things that happens uh, to, to a person, and it changes. You know, if you look at him, and you know, before and after, I mean, he's like a different person, and it's very yes. inspiring. Um, so he definitely, definitely is an inspiration for us as hosts, uh, as creators, and we certainly want to um, live up to that image as well. So this was an easy choice for us to see that. You know, for sure. You know him come out on top on this this category for his stand up. That yep, almost killed absolutely. him. <laughs> that almost literally killed him. Yeah. So, um, okay, cool. Two categories left. Um, we're gonna do just a uh, you know we're we're inclusive here, and um, you know I don't think either of us feel like um, you know the the best actor category should be different from the best actress category. I mean it's a performance and it's captivating and. Um, you know, so when you go out there and and put your heart and soul into something, um, you know, there, there's there's no reason to separate this category out for us. Um, so we're not, um, you know, we're not calling this uh, actress or actor of the year. Um, it's just performance of the year in a television show, and um, you know, we we just mentioned how pivotal um William Zapka was as Johnny Lawrence and how much we learned so he lives in uh we've talked about actually both of these runners up um mm-hmm. you know Parker Posey was Dr. Smith in Lost in Space the strongest female antagonist um that I've seen in maybe a decade um incredible uh William Zapka as Johnny Lawrence incredible but leads to um you know the man the myth the legend that wins best tv performance for an actor this year I'll give that over to you yeah this choice was for me easy uh it was the great Andrew Lincoln uh who played Rick Grimes in nine seasons on the AMC show The Walking Dead I mean this season he he never he's never taken it off he's never rested and season nine was no exception. He hit it as hard as he hit it when it was season one. And he, he just did a, a wonderful performance. Uh, he brought the show back from, really, back from the dead for a lot of people. Um, so I'm looking forward to what he goes on to do. But this season, season nine, with Andrew Lincoln, it was a you know, so far, and I guess we're only halfway in, um, he was awesome. It was great. And... and, and We'll miss him on the television show, but luckily we're going to get some feature films with him, which is even more interesting. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Andrew Lincoln, excellent. Walking Dead. Yeah, it's a great call, and I couldn't agree with you more. He brought me back to the show that uh, I had clearly given up on for some time. So I caught up. Um, uh, I'm on board, and it all makes sense to me now. So, um, all right, and our final category of uh, of the day, uh, we hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um yeah, because it was fun to make our uh, so best film performance. Mm-hmm. This was a tough one. This was one where he kicked around uh, quite a bit, and um, you know the the the. I'll actually give you the runner up because I think um, yeah. Go ahead and, runner and talk up. about our uh, runner up. I walked. Yeah. I, I actually watched the runner up yesterday in a very early movie of his from the eighties called The Goonies. Um, <laughs> 
Josh Brolin. And we're gonna get I'm gonna give him two credits here, both for Thanos and Cable for the for bringing to life a completely CGI Thanos and also being a completely ripped cable at his age. The guy is just an amazing actor. He had a huge year, a phenomenal year, uh, to straddle two different franchises, Deadpool and and the Avengers, because he's back in both of those movies. Uh, you know, he's he's going to be in the next one. He'll be. That's right. To, to be able to do that and pull it off in, and not do the same performance, he just crushed it for me. It was great. He did. He was incredible, um, but not as incredible. And the only mm-hmm. reason why I felt strongly about announcing this is because uh, I've only done this, I think, twice in my life where I see a trailer for something and I call out um, that that somebody's going to be nominated uh, for um, Best Actor at the Oscars. And this is the case. Uh, in, the other case was Jared Leto in Dallas Buyers Club mm-hmm. for Best Supporting Actor, which he did win. Um I'm hoping that I'm right on this one as well. Um, the performance of the year for me, it's not even close. Um, I'm glad that you pointed this out to me as well, was Rami Malek as uh, Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, you know, there was a lot of discussion around the people who would play this role, and um, and Rami did it. Um, for all the, the things that we talked about in this episode and other episodes of where that movie was weak, uh, we will certainly say that it was not weak in the casting, and it certainly was not weak in the portrayal of Freddie Mercury. So, easy slam dunk, Rami Malek, Bohemian Rhapsody. Agreed, what say you? Man. I loved it. I, I Watching him immerse himself into Freddie and become Freddie Mercury was just, it was so much fun to watch on the on the big screen. And I'm so excited to watch it again when it comes out later this month on digital. Uh, all I can say is, and I, I gave you this heads up before you went to see the movie, is if you watch the Live Aid, Live Aid performance of Queen from 1985, I think it was, and then go to watch yeah. the movie, you're doing yourself a huge favor. You're only going to appreciate yeah, that was great. what not just Rami, but the entire cast did to pay homage to such a wonderful band and an incredible performer. Rami just nailed it out of the park. Yeah, he really did. So, so well, we hope that you you guys enjoyed the show. We've been uh, on hiatus, but we're back. We're hoping to get you at least a few episodes in January. We'll get back to our normal Week in Geek madness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, welcome in uh, 2019. And, uh, you know, what I'll say to, to wrap up 2018 is, um, you know, I probably waited way too long um, in my life to chase after, um, you know, what, what I loved. And, um, now I do a job that I love every day and I, I do a podcast that I love every day. So, um, you know, if you just do what you love and you do it really well, like triple down on it and keep doing it. And, um, you know, hopefully that, uh, passion shows out in this show, which is why, uh, we, we love that people listen to it. So happy well 2018. What do you got, Caleb? Anything? That's it, man. You said it great. Um, Happy to that, you know, Happy New Year, Happy 2019. Uh, looking forward to bringing you more Nerd Pod and more content in the future. So, love it. All right, boys, let's close it down. All right, boys, let's close it down. Look at me, man. Can't you see that I'm dying? Look at you, man. Doing all your work. Leaning against me like.
You have been listening to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock from Podacy Entertainment. Be sure to follow Coach and K-Rock to stay up to date on all upcoming nerd pods and Podacy programs on Instagram, which you can find them at Podacy, that's P-O-D-D-E-S-Y, on Twitter, which is at NerdPodacy, which is N-E-R-D-P-O-D-D-E-S-Y, and Facebook, they're at NerdPod.